Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. Caregiving. My name is Ryan McAniff. I am joined here with Janet, and we are the duo that talks about various topics related to senior care and caregiving. So, anyways, we're, this week we're talking about four types of home care. So, one of the things that drives me nuts about home care—I mean, there are plenty. We could—that would be a long podcast. But, <laughs> well, one of the things that does drive me nuts in a fun way, but in a, a little bit of an annoying way, is the phrase "home care," and it's because there are multiple different types of home care that mean big time different things when somebody says home care. Are you cleaning the gutters? Well, there's there's even more. (laughs) Like there's just, even in the medical industry, there's Mm -hmm. different types of home care. So we wanted to go over what those four types were. And this shouldn't be too long of a podcast to to explain this, but the first and biggest one is is V&A certified home care. And basically, VNA in my neck of the woods, our neck of the woods, stands for Visiting Nurses Association. And to sum it up, is that a VNA is certified to be able to collect payment through Medicare or Medicaid for the services that they provide out into the community. And that is a big distinction from what other types of home care are out there because they're being reimbursed by Medicare and Medicaid. Um, Janet, maybe you can kind of go into the services that they offer and the amount of hours and things like that. Yeah, with um, with a visiting nurse, uh, there's multiple um, services. There's nursing, there's physical therapy, occupational therapy, and uh, personal care. Those tend to be the general ones. There are some others, but they're not... um, And the personal care is done by home health aides. Correct. And uh, generally, the the rule of thumb is I, I explain to people that Every visit that they do, whether it's the caregiver or a nurse or whatever, they're they're like a medication. The doctor writes an order, take this nurse twice a week or whatever the case may be. And there's documentation out the wazoo, and that's because they have to justify what they're doing, and they are required to get to a certain point, um, and that's referred to as a baseline. It's uh, not something where they stay in forever. They stay until they get to a certain level that the doctor agreed upon when he wrote the, uh, the order. And if they need more time, they have this whole thing called recertification. But what they do is um, a lot of people don't realize they can't come out the same day someone comes home from the hospital because that's considered two visits. It's kind of assumed you had your medical visit the day you were discharged. Mm-hmm. So they usually don't come out until the day after that. And then they assess as to what they think is needed, and they write the orders, and then they put things uh, in place. As far as personal care, which is what the home health aides do, they are there for just that, personal care, a bath, make the bed, um, things like that. And they're often there for one, maybe two hours, a couple times a week. Yeah. And uh, they're not moving in to be your, your homemaker or your, your personal care attendant 24-7. It doesn't work that way. And even if the nurse finds a very common situation is like a, a hip or a knee replacement. The person comes home. They don't really need the nurse that much, but they need the PT and those others. Well, the nurse can kind of pull back and out of the case. And as long as there is um, a PT or a nurse or a therapist, the, care, the personal care person 
can stay in on the case, mm-hmm. but they must be supervised by that person. Absolutely. And and so just to, to I didn't want to jump in because you were you were on a good little rant there. Um, and in a good way. I, mean, I do it in my you, sleep. You were, you, you were, you were gone. Um, just to let people know, baseline, basically baseline means is that um, it's, it's bringing you up to um, the best type of standard of living in a reasonable amount of time. So, for example, if you are in a car crash and um, something bad happens to your leg and you used to be a marathon runner, well, your baseline doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be back out there running marathons. Your baseline might be your new normal, if you will use that terminology, is maybe just walking normally, but you run with a limp. You know, it, right. baseline doesn't mean you're back to where you were before. Baseline is this is about as good as you're going to get under the circumstances that have occurred. And once we get you to that point, we're out of there. Right. And yeah. so and so I'll, I'll let you go on. And, and to that point, it's um, another key factor is the, the patient needs to be homebound. And homebound means you can't get in the car and go here and go there and go everywhere else. You can have someone take you to doctor's appointments or you can go to your um, religious services, but, but that's it. But if you get to the point where they feel that you are up and able to go to outpatient physical therapy, maybe you can still progress a little bit. But no more home care because Absolutely. you are now not homebound. So, I mean, the pro and the con sh- in, in summarizing shortly is that that the VNA certified home care comes out at no out-of-pocket cost to you. This is all through Medicare, the entitlements of Medicaid and Medicare. But you're not getting an overabundance of hours. You're not getting a bunch of hours that you know that are basically free. Um, so that's kind of the drawbacks, but the, the positives are you're getting medical care for no out-of-pocket cost. And it does depend on your insurance policy, yes, too. Yes, yes. Um, and so the, the next one, and this is kind of like, you know, uh, uh, very similar to VNAs, but I wanted to touch on it was hospice. And hospice does a totally different service that VNA uh, home care does, and we won't even really get into that because that's that's a whole other podcast. But it is similar in the sense that it is an entitlement, reimbursed, um, service that is provided to people through Medicare or Medicaid. And like uh, VNA home care, you're not going to be getting around the clock care from a home health aide. They're going to be coming in, and like you, that analogy was great. That's the first time I've heard you say it was uh, imagine the nurse as a prescription take one here, take one there. It's the same concept. People are coming and going and going in and doing a specific task and then leaving. And they're not going to be sitting around saying, hey, like, you know, I can sit here for six hours just to make sure everything's okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't you consider that accurate? Yep. So um, I wanted to briefly touch on that. Um, and then obviously the, the third type is what we do, and that's private home care. Um, so what do you feel are the pros and cons with private home care kind of summarized up? Well, I think the advantage is that we are not part of a doctor's order, so we can be there for as long as the, the individual or the family feels there's a need. Um, and we can we can do more things in some regards. Um, if you have a home health aide with the visiting nurse, they're not going to take you grocery shopping. They're not going to um, do a variety of other things. And you can kind of decide what hours you need and when you want someone to come with private care. If you have the visiting nurse and they schedule an aid for one in the afternoon for an hour, that's when that care aid's going to come. 
And that used to drive my mother nuts when my grandmother was alive because she said, your grandmother always took her shower at 9 in the morning. Well, you know, if they had 300 people working from 9 to 10, their life would be good, but that's not the way the insurance world works. So we have um, more flexibility to do what's needed to be done. And quite honestly, we can turn things around pretty quick. We're not kind of held back by getting orders placed and and all of that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's not a knock on an individual company, but that's more of just the processes or processes that are involved with this uh, that industry where they can't come out until the next day. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the biggest drawback with private home care is you got to pay for it. Yep. There's that out-of-pocket cost. And, you know, I think we've been very open and upfront on this podcast that it is expensive. It adds up quickly. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's the healthcare model that we're in where um, if you want to stay independent in your home and you want to have a caregiver in there for long periods of time, it adds up quickly and you need to have deep pockets for that. So, you know, it's expected. If you're getting one-on-one care, I mean, if you were to get a, uh, 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 I keep wanting to say the word bachelor, but that's like bachelor in paradise, like that TV show or whatever. <laughs> a butler. A butler is what I'm talking yes, about. But maybe go. those girls are looking for a butler as well, just in a maybe. bachelor. Who knows? Um, but um, if you were to get a butler, you wouldn't expect to pay him $5 an hour, right? You would expect that to be a substantial cost for somebody to be able to wait on you hand and foot at any time of the day, any time of the night, you know? So I don't think Alfred from Batman was paid in pennies. Um, so so with the same thing, imagine this. This is like having a butler for you that's available at a moment's notice, the ring of a bell, and they can come in. So unfortunately, it is, it is costly, and that's part of the the pros and the cons of it. And it's also not just somebody in off the street. These are people that have been trained so that they know how to help someone in and out of the shower or with their walker or in and out of the car so that they're safe. You know, there's an investment has been made in them to get a certain degree of education on the specifics of safety. And thank you for the segue, Janet. Thank you for the segue. Because the next one we want to talk about is private privates. And I bet most people haven't heard us say this word, this, this phrase before. So private private is a new kind of term that's come out in the last maybe five years or so to kind of uh, uh, explain a demographic of this home care industry. But it's been going on for decades, I'm sure. Um, private private is when you hire a private aid privately as your employee, but they're not on the books. Um, Basically, you're hiring somebody under the table to provide care for you or your loved ones. And um, there are pros and there are, in my opinion, more cons than pros. But there is that area where it does work out. Um, Now, what a private-private will do is that you maybe find somebody on Care.com. You might find somebody on Craigslist. You might be talking to neighbors and say, hey, Judy was really good, and have her come over here. And usually the cost is less. And the the reason why the cost is less is because you're directly paying the caregiver. There's no office staff to um, handle day-to-day operations and issues. There's no insurances usually. There's no bonding, training. All of those things that cost extra money to um, have a home health aid do, like you were talking about the investment that you have in a home health aid, um, usually doesn't um, uh, isn't appropriate or doesn't uh, really uh, apply in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting somebody, quote-unquote, off the street. Now, to try to be as unbiased as I can, um, that doesn't mean you can find some everybody's bad. 
You know what I mean? There might be people mm-hmm. out there that are great, and you might hit a grand slam and find somebody that um, works perfectly. They they love the case. The hours go on, and it lasts years. Mary Poppins sailed in on her umbrella. There is nothing saying that it, it can't happen. Yep. Um, but there are a lot of horror stories out there. Um, the big ones that you need to be concerned about when you're thinking about private, private are two, in my opinion. And 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 you can I'll let you chime in after this because I've I've monopolized the conversation a little bit. The first one is insurance. If something happens with that caregiver, meaning that they either neglect the the senior and um, they cause harm, there's no insurance to 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 solve that problem. There's nobody to sue. There's nobody to go after. Um, the second one is, and I think it's more common. The second one will happen than the first is the caregiver gets injured. In your home, and then do you have the live? Do you have the workers' compensation insurance to cover that person being um, hindered for weeks or months at a time? Um, those those don't always happen. Um, the second big one that that occurs is that you're putting your eggs all in one big basket, and if that person has an emergency or no longer shows shows up or or just ghosts you like it's not uncommon for somebody to be showing up for six months it's happened to us Mm -hmm. show up to a case for six months everything's going well and then one day doesn't show up you call them just email them and they never respond to you and you find out they moved to maryland a, a year later or something and they just didn't have the common decency to let you know that they were going to be leaving the case yeah. It does happen, and it leaves families scrambling because what do I do? I, I live in I live we're in Boston for 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 lack of a better term. I live in New York, and my mom lives in in Lexington. Nobody's showing up. What do I do? Where do I find? How do I do? And so I'm sure those are big ones. But what are your thoughts, yeah. Janet? Yeah, no, I think on on those same lines with people just up and disappearing. I mean. When you step back and think about it, these caregivers are people, this is their life, this is what they do, they care for people. And we find that, you know, among our very best aides, because they're nurturing people, when there's a crisis at home, a sick child, a parent, many people are not originally from this country, so when they go, say, I've got to go visit the family, they're not going to New Hampshire. They're going overseas somewhere. So there's all of that. There's also, um, I've seen some caregivers, or I know of some caregivers, caregivers that have worked privately that they thought that their client was taking out the taxes and the other one thought they were taking out the taxes and then when Uncle Sam came ringing there was hard feelings on both sides because taxes were due. Well, so most, there's that whole piece And too. what most people don't know is both parties are taxed. Everybody's taxed yep. in that scenario. So my employees pay taxes that income tax and then I pay taxes called um, payroll taxes and employment taxes. So, so that was another one where it's like you're kind of. I think you are committing tax fraud. Like you're yep. you're defrauding the government of the taxes in which they're technically rightfully owed, whether you agree with that or not. Um, and then there are big penalties and big fines and big headaches that come with that because. Yep. You're the employer of this caregiver. That's who you are. Right. You're paying them, you're directing them, and you're supposed to have insurance and, and the necessary taxes. Yep. And one of the headaches that we take on as just part of our world is we do the Corey background checks. We do the driver's license checks. We we are responsible yep. for all National of that checks. to our people. And, um, you know, people are entrusting us with their loved one. And 
like you said, there can be some fabulous caregivers out there, but it is such a huge luck factor, mm-hmm. and they could be the best person, and then they retire. But And again, I want to emphasize, it doesn't mean you can't find somebody, and it doesn't mean that Janet and I don't understand the thought process behind that. So, so if you're sitting there going, I need 24 hours of care, and I can't afford an agency... Well, what could I afford? Maybe if I can hire somebody privately, you know, and I don't have to pay them. Maybe I don't even have to pay them overtime. You know, I can just pay them their hourly rate. Okay, well, we'll go with this because the, 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 the ends justify the means in that scenario, and I get that. I totally understand where somebody's between a rock and a hard place where they need to get care. They're not putting mom into a nursing home yet, and they don't have the cash just coming in you know, a mountain of cash sitting in the backyard to pay for this. So it's it, it's an extremely difficult situation to be in. Um, and I don't envy that situation uh, on anyone. I don't envy it if, if you're going through it because I, I can understand it's difficult. And we talk to people all the time that call us up needing care, and we, we give them a rate. And we'll even give them a discounted rate if, if, I, if I feel it's warranted. But it's still too high because they need they need to – they're looking to – to pay half of what we're paying a caregiver. So it, and if it, you don't treat your caregivers and pay them appropriately, you, you get what you pay for exactly. on our end in terms of who we hire. So, um, But that is something out there that's that's getting, uh, I, won't, I won't say it's getting popular, but it, it, it is out there where you get a private private. So, you know, I just wanted to summarize those four, which were the, the V&A certified the, and the hospice are, there are no out-of-pocket costs, but you're not getting a lot of hours. Private care is the complete opposite. You can get as many hours as you want, um, but it costs a lot. And then private, private's kind of a, uh, a hybrid of like not paying, uh, paying people under the table basically and getting services. So, um, you know, that's kind of, kind of the four different types of home care that we feel are out there that you should be aware of. So anyways, Janet, thank you very much for your input. I appreciate it as always. And thank you very much, all the listeners, for listening. And we will be back at it later on. We'll catch you on the next one.